Welcome to the Innovation and Compliance Podcast, part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Join us every week as we talk with industry innovators who are making compliance to help business run more efficiently and at the end of the day, more profitably. Here's your host, Tom Fox. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back for another episode. And today I have with me Kayvon Aliakani. He is a software professional, which and he's now in the compliance space. He's got some fascinating products, but more importantly, ideas for the compliance professional. So, Kayvon, first of all, welcome, and thank you so much for taking the time to visit with me today. Thanks, Tom. Thank you for having me. Could you tell us a little bit about your professional background? Sure, yeah. I've been um, in the software industry a little bit longer than I'm willing to admit. Over a 30-year period, started off with operating system and moved on to unified communication, cybersecurity, and now leading an effort in terms of modernizing compliance practices and helping risk practitioners do a better job of managing risk. So when someone gives the show title in their remarks, they get an extra gold star. Uh You just did. Modernizing compliance. Hallelujah. And that's really why I was excited to visit with you because you come from an area that's, I wouldn't say not exactly disparate from compliance, but different enough that you bring a different perspective. And obviously, I've been in the software space and then spaces that are sort of related to compliance, but I really think it's people like you and your perspective that are going to help drive and indeed modernize compliance. So you have obviously been in the software space for quite some time. Can you tell us not only your passion around software, but really the different types of disciplines you've worked in? And you mentioned cyber and a couple of others. Is it the the creation experience? Is it being an entrepreneur? Are you just intensely curious? Kind of what led to these different types of focuses for your software background? It is always that there's got to be a better way. Complete that sentence. And uh, a lot of times it relates to personal experiences. Uh, my prior company, which was acquired by EMC uh, RSA and later became part of Dell, was this frustration I had with passwords and trying to solve for that. In other words, there's got to be a better way to deal with that. And we started that company and, you know, introducing and incorporating and encouraging people to use alternatives that are more natural. In any of the cases, I think this sense of problem solving and being able to help others do things faster, better, easier, and much to the annoyance of my wife and children, it also continues at our house. So, you know, trying to solve problems uh, all the time. So could you tell us a little bit, uh, you had a fascinating couple of lines I want to explore with you. And the first is, what do you mean when you say a reg tech leader? RegTech leader, yeah. So, you know, take a couple of years back prior to, I would say, Dot Frank, you would see compliance professionals be able to manage the pace and the complexity of regulations and changes that are happening around them using uh, simple tools, spreadsheets, email for communication, managing what was supposed to happen. The number of changes happening and the complexity was very much manageable using, let's call it manual, homegrown methods. Fast forward, as we've been looking at what's been happening over the past, I would say, six, seven years, the increase in terms of the number of changes, the complexity, and also the pace at which they get published and the differences between them across different jurisdictions, state California, New York, and the United States, and the UK is four different jurisdictions, and the differences we find ourselves in in terms of uh, privacy, cybersecurity, cryptocurrency, AMLBSA, and the practice then causes a huge amount of work that compliance pros need to do on a day-to-day basis. Now they have to deal with a significantly larger number of changes with differing language, 
and increased complexity. So that gave rise to a set of solutions that would assist in streamlining the ability to not only capture these changes, monitor the fact that they've changed, be able to make sense out of them, and then take action on these changes and find the report on all that. A set of solutions under that umbrella were formed, which regulatory technology, rec tech, was properly coined term for this sector. And we do exactly that. We provide essentially a set of solutions at Compliance.ai help with that streamline monitoring, tracking, reacting, taking action, and reporting on changes at scale. So do you really see Dodd-Frank as a seminal moment in the reg tech because of the voluminous complexity added by that law, particularly in the regulatory space? That would be one part of it, the formation of new agencies, both at federal, state, international levels following suit, the enforcement actions that ensued as a, as a result of it. The, and then aside from that, new concepts, more complexity around lending. Look at the explosion in terms of fintech and the type of more complex products that are being offered. Look at changes around crypto and ICOs and, of course, privacy becoming so checkered in terms of the approach organizations are using to protect consumer privacy and uh, protect consumer data. And, of course, further complexity in terms of the differences of opinion between them. So it's been very much a case of that would have, you could probably look at that as one of the pivotal moments, but there are a lot of other things that are contributing to that whirlwind, not to mention what happened last year, a large number of changes that organizations had to deal with just to address the requirements and regulations around a you know worldwide pandemic. That in and by itself represented a need saying, wait a minute, Dot frank compared to this is nothing. You know, the volume of changes that we have to deal with in relation to employment law, in terms of PPP loans, in terms of what we have to do around business continuity and resiliency. So this has become a case where complexity is a given and pace and volume are a given as well, where that didn't necessarily used to be the case, I want to say, a decade ago. So you also use the phrase compliance meets AI. What does that mean to you? So over the years, Artificial intelligence emerging as a stable, reliable, and cost affordable, I would say, for a company uh, like ours, type of technology baseline that allows for you to model a set of behaviors and look and be able to predict the outcome of a basically new behavior or uh, map a behavior to a specific classification. And specifically, we see that documents and text lends itself very nicely towards that type of modeling and more specifically legally worded documents with the boundaries that they have in terms of taxonomy, terminology, and form lend themselves quite nicely to uh, classification. So that's one side of the equation. And the other side of it, you have, as we just talked about, huge number of documents and volumes of millions of documents that you can use not only to build what's necessary in terms of training data, but also in terms of an ongoing monitoring and being able to uh, use the new data to adjust or make changes as necessary for those models. So these are the two sides of it. And then the type of extractions, or let's call them classifications that are necessary, are quite useful to the compliance crowd. So for example, take a document that's completely unstructured and be able to extract title, who published it, when it was published, what are the effective dates, if it was an enforcement action, what were the penalties? What were the violations? Who were the respondents? If it is a rule, what are the reference regulations? 
if it is a proposed rule, what are the associated comments? If there are comments, who, what business actually placed those comments? So you can see a set of rich metadata. And then more interestingly, this segment of this document is related to what business or operational topic. Be able to classify a section to be related to privacy, another section to be related to mortgage lending, and a third section to be related to cryptocurrency. And lastly, be able to then extract key information like obligations. So to say, what is the inventory of obligations that you can extract from this document? So all of those use cases that I mentioned to you lend themselves very nicely to a healthy marriage between AI from one side automating and streamlining that process and the documents, the steady flow of those documents from the regulators. So compliance meets AI really is talking about putting to use AI in a way that helps compliance professionals in being able to manage regulatory changes in our case. I teach a compliance class at a local law school here in Houston. And last night, I, we did actually AI and data analytics last night. And I had a question that I often get, but the student posed the question, is this going to put me out of a job or keep me from ever having a job in compliance? How do you respond to that when, when talking about AI and compliance? That's a great question. And approach we've taken, we see it as a novel approach in terms of the unique of it in terms of not just using machine results, but constantly pairing that with what we call expert in the loop approach or taking advantage of subject matter experts that help monitor and help improve the quality of the results that are surfaced to the users. And that's an ongoing process and that's used steadily at every part of our modeling process in terms of creating the specification, training the data, monitoring the results, improving the results. And then also, finally, all of that's happened as a result of compliance.ai, similar products, banging our head against the wall, try to extract intelligence and try to make it easier for the users to now do what? To now decipher and become analytical and be narrative and be able to explain what's going on and how does this relate to a specific organization's risk posture And I would say we are many, many years and generations away from being able to do that using AI systems. So from one side, it's a it's very much a healthy pairing between human expert, basically individuals, domain experts, subject matter experts, and AI-based models. And on the other side of it, I would say reducing or removing the need for these individuals to take part in mundane, repetitive actions that can very well be automated and instead worry Uh, things that are more narrative style, more analytical, that frankly, AI doesn't lend itself to today. And it's, I would say, not ready for that type of an approach. So I think the same way that you saw legal tech, where it's a mix of legal professionals and technology, rec tech is very similar. It's a collection of activities that compliance professionals and legal professionals help with, not necessarily a machine that is sitting in the corner and doing everything for the users. I had down to ask you the question, why did you found Compliance AI? But I think you already answered that when you said there's got to be a better way. There's got to be a better way. You found on that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. At RSA and looking and working with some of our, I would say, financial services organization clients and also looking at the ultra manual approach that was being used in doing things that I said were lend themselves very nicely to this type of automation and looking at the very, very high cost associated with compliance, which continues to be the number one spend at many 
regulated organizations. Number one spent as an above and beyond M&A, above and beyond spending on products, on acquisitions, on marketing, using you send, you're spending it on managing compliance. So, and it's time consuming and it's error prone and it's basically one that is not scalable. So the idea was to say, what can we do in terms of automation? So we have that as a challenge. And then you have the good news, which is that the same regulated organizations that were very much suspicious and not comfortable with software as a service or automated services like what is being offered in RecTech Solutions have now actually become significantly more open to that and receptive to that, in fact, asking for that so that they can simply use a software as a service-based solution that helps them within their business and reduces the amount of time, money, and energy and resources that they have to allocate to that had they wanted to uh, complete that themselves. So you have the change of behavior in terms of users being more receptive to SaaS and automation. You have the explosion in terms of changes that are being published and the complexity that they bring. And you have the availability and maturity of AI-based models and the uh, affordability of them. So those really tend to brought together really the trends that helped us think, wait, wait, we can do this better now with the, all of these pieces in place. You can offer a SaaS-based solution that does exactly that. So what really, in your mind, are the two or three things that make uh, compliance AI unique within the RegTech space? First and foremost, we basically started doing something quite unique in terms of removing that speed bump that users usually saw in terms of accessing regulatory content. We have a basic free edition that doesn't even require authentication or credentials, and users can essentially come in and access the library of changes that we publish anytime. And that is a significant and fresh departure from the status quo. Secondly, the pace at which we curate the content from the point that a regulator publishes a change to the point that end users see that properly rated, ranked, summarized, classified, and metadata extracted content is within hours in contrast to days, weeks, and sometimes months. Users are up and running in our product within minutes and hours as opposed to days, weeks, and months as you would take from a traditional solution. And the solution as a SaaS-based solution lends itself to a huge level of automation that significantly reduces some of those operational costs to the extent that in comparison to the status quo, we're talking about on average 30% reduction in compliance operational costs for a mid-sized organization. So those are four or five differences that are characteristics of RecTech solutions that take advantage of SaaS that are automated and compliance today very much as the poster child of that. I think you've probably answered this several times throughout this podcast, but let me just put this direct question to you. What makes simplifying the routine tasks of a chief risk officer or chief compliance officer so critical in 2021 and down the road? Compliance and risk are not a separate part of the organization. Our thought and our belief is that as we've heard that back from many of the more forward-looking organizations out there is that compliance risk need to be an integral part of your software development lifecycle, of your product development lifecycle, of your delivery, not a afterthought and not a cost center that is looked at as pretty much a friction in the organization. So in order to do that, compliance practices need to become much more transparent, much more agile, much more efficient so that they can participate in that ongoing development effort that happens within the companies. And so simplifying tasks that used to be 
compared to root canal operations, making it so that they can do something that they used to take them two or three days within minutes or something that used to take one or two months within 10 minutes. That's a pretty significant time saver that they can now focus on assisting the organization and being part of the steady stream of changes that are happening. So we think that that simplicity also enables the organization to then convey the proper message much more rapidly to the other stakeholders in the organization, which is also a problem today, the amount of time and resources it takes to simply generate a report, both for internal stakeholders and for auditors. And it makes it much easier to justify hiring new people. If you are a predictor of things to come in terms of enforcement actions, in terms of changes that are published with agencies, for agents, by agencies that impact your organization, you're going to be a much better predictor of the number of resources that are necessary. So from a planning perspective, that simplicity also helps them as well. I used to ask people a question along the lines of what has really changed uh, in your approach during the pandemic. But I was in a podcast yesterday and, and someone said 2020 was the year everything changed. So in the year that everything changed, how did your approach change? I've been mentioning this to uh, our board members and to many of our partners that I want to say in spite of COVID or because of COVID, it's one of the two, but mainly because of COVID, our business ended up getting a lot more focus and getting a lot more attention, both from our side, getting much more specific around the message and how we provide our solution and package our solution. And also in terms of the flip side, organizations becoming significantly more focused on adding business continuity or improving business resiliency policies within the organization and streamlining compliance, regulatory change management, being able to access it from anywhere at any time without necessarily having to go to an office and being able to outsource many parts of that as a service became more and more interesting. So um, look at that as very much an organic effect, kind of like a wake-up call for organizations to then say, wait a minute, we can do more with less. We can do this much more effectively from anywhere, using very little in our infrastructure, look for RecTech as a way to achieve that. We've seen that. And then, of course, the increase in terms of the number of regulations that were published as a result of COVID led to the same thing as a result of the change of administration also. You're seeing a policy that is moving more and more towards further regulation, undoing a lot of the deregulation that had happened during the previous administration. So organizations are very much shifting towards we're seeing more and more of a focused ask by uh, organizations in our regulatory sector, the ones that we focused on banking, financial service, and insurance specifically towards having a, let's call it transforming the way they deal with regulatory change as a result of COVID. Where do you see RegTech risk and compliance in 2025 and perhaps even beyond? You know, obviously uh, tough to predict the future that far, I would say that as more and more organizations start building these types of solutions, we're going to see the formation of alliances across the sector where compliance is no longer used as a competitive advantage. It's actually used as a set of common practices that take advantage of a common set of metrics. We're we're going to see a good number of collaboration or uh, consolidations, if you will, in terms of An organization that is, let's say, mid-sized credit union operating in the Midwest, offering a commercial product, is very much like-minded with other credit unions operating in the same jurisdiction, offering the same products. And there's really no reason why they should be so siloed in terms of their approach to risk and compliance, specifically as it relates to 
regulatory change management, we think that that formation of alliances or cohorts is going to happen over time. The same way we're seeing it happen, for example, in terms of breaches and cybersecurity, where there's formation of alliances and people share breach data. And there's a pretty good level of standards that are formed over the years in terms of how to deal with them, how do you report them, how do you work with law enforcement, and how do you essentially collaborate with like-minded organizations. And that's one side of it. And I think the push for privacy regulations is going to be a big catalyst as well in terms of the common practices that are used both for maintaining data, protecting data, sharing data, all of that, a set of common layer uh, alliances will form. In terms of automation, look for continued improvement, both in terms of extraction, classification, monitoring, notification, and becoming a little bit more prescriptive to the companies to help them have a look-ahead knowledge of what the model predicts, what models predict, both in terms of risk and compliance practices. Unfortunately, we are near the end of our time, but I was wondering if our listeners wanted any more information on any of the topics that we touched upon in this podcast, or even perhaps reached out to you, Kevon, how could they do so? Very much compliance.ai. Go through there, you can kick the tires on the solution, learn more about our unique approach, download our white paper, and there's a ton of free reports that we provide there in terms of deadlines, enforcement actions that users can take advantage of. I knew this podcast would be good, but I didn't know it'd be this special. This was really great. You've given me a lot to think about. And more importantly, I hope that I think uh, I have a favorite phrase that many of the listeners to this podcast are in uh, anti-bribery, anti-corruption, AML, trade sanction, export control compliance. So when I can have your people talk to my people, that's a huge benefit. So thank you so much for taking the time with me. And I hope that perhaps in the future, I might be able to call upon you when you have uh, some new thoughts, new innovations, or something else to talk about. Absolutely look forward to that. Thank you so much for your time. If you want to stay up to date on the latest innovations in compliance and help your business run more efficiently, subscribe to this podcast and help spread the word by leaving a review.